0: I don't look it, but I'm beginning to feel it in my heart. I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. I need a holiday, a very long holiday, and I don't expect I shall return. In fact, I mean not to. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us for a new Cross Podcast. This will be uploaded as a diary of an arcade employee, pop culture Retrorama, and Saturday Frights podcast, much like we did back in March of 2020. Boy, what a change a year can make, right? For those of you who have been so kind as to be regular visitors to the Pop Culture Retorama site, you will no doubt have noticed that my input, which began as making two posts a day, nearly seven days a week for two years, has in the recent month dwindled to nothing but those of the Saturday Frights podcast posts. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you might be aware that after 26 years, I had an opportunity to leave my job at an upscale hotel in my neck of the woods. The reason being is, I have returned to working at the local movie theater. The spiritual successor to the movie theater of my youth, in fact, where I worked for nine years. I've talked about it before on the Saturday Frights and PCR podcasts in the past. I take some small comfort that it at least shares the same name of that original theater. A passing of the torch, as it were. This sudden change in career paths is sort of due to the pandemic. A couple of years ago, I became a semi-full-time employee of the Arcadia Retrocade, of course, working three days a week there and then taking the night audit position at the hotel on the weekend. That is the way it's been for the past nine years. Unfortunately, due to COVID, much like with a hotel, and like many of you, I was suddenly out of a job. Now, the great news is that Shea Mathis, the owner and manager of the arcade, not to mention one of my best friends since high school, was not only able to pay all the bills and rent while the arcade was closed, but so many people were gracious enough to contribute to a crowdfunding campaign. Shea could breathe a little easier when he opened the doors back up, especially since, with assistance of Gary Burton and other friends, they were able to get the second wing open too. So that means even more arcade games, which means they need more power, etc. To say nothing of the fact that the revenue from the snack bar as well as the party room are currently not an option, with current safety precautions. Hopefully that will change soon enough, but making sure to pay that rent and utilities naturally dwindled the resources of the arcade. So I wasn't able to come back to my normal schedule or the usual paycheck when I was able to return this past February which I think you will agree is totally understandable. Just like when I donated all my time in the beginning for three years, whatever it takes to make sure the arcade is safe and operational is the most important thing. And while I personally feel that the arcade is thankfully on stable ground again, the time off, basically an entire year, also meant that my wife and I used up all of our savings, hoping that things could get back to normal a little quicker. Which is why, about four months ago, my wife very kindly insisted I needed to find a job, and quickly. Now, at the hotel, we have a very small staff. Like practically every other business, the hotel was also affected by the pandemic, but I had altered my full-time schedule there to work at the arcade years ago, which meant my co-workers had to change their original schedules to fit my needs. So, there was no way I was going to do that to them again. It wouldn't have been the proper thing to do. I was fortunate enough, however, that a good friend of mine, in fact, we became friends thanks to Arcadia, with our love of Joe Dante's small soldiers and recognizing the real heroes of the Star Wars universe are the droids. Joey was able to get my foot into the door at the local theater. My soon-to-be manager was very direct in the interview obviously pointing out that I was a little older than the usual applicant, but I explained why I wanted to work at the theater again, sharing much of what I've shared with you all. And perhaps a little to my surprise, I was hired after the interview was finished, even though what the theater really needed was someone who could work on the weekends. It probably should go without saying that much... Much has changed since I was last a projectionist at that original theater. For one thing, modern theaters don't use film anymore, but everything from additional auditoriums to a fully functioning kitchen slash grill and a bar are now included. I thought the hot dogs back in the day were the best thing ever. I've since changed my mind because as awesome as they were, they can't hold a candle to the hot dogs we serve now, cooked on a grill. And while it's certainly not a lie in the least to say that working in the arcade in the hotel was just that, work. It was enjoyable, but it also required a lot of hustle, plunging of toilets, dealing with upset guests or players at the arcade, restocking, making breakfast. You get the idea. Having said that, however, there was also enough time on my hands to be able to write multiple posts a day and working on podcasts too. As you might imagine, that is a luxury that is not afforded at the theater. You were always on, so to speak, and there is always something that needs to be done. Generally not busy work, although that is sometimes a necessity, but in particular as an usher, you have to book it. 16 theaters need to be cleaned, the seats wiped down, the floors swept, and sometimes they get out a couple of minutes apart. In the evening, we have multiple ushers, but in the matinee showings, it usually is just one person. More than a few times, that is me. In fact, I'm pretty sure my manager has begun to stagger the show times just a little more in my favor. Listen, at my age, I have to work twice as hard to keep up. In any job, I will give it all I have. Sometimes that's appreciated, sometimes not. But... Putting so much of myself into the job is why there have been multiple times that I've gotten home from the theater and actually fallen asleep with food in my mouth while I'm eating dinner. Being that tired obviously has necessitated the need to push any notions of writing an article or a script for the podcast right out of my head of late. In some cases, I've even had to resist writing something for the Saturday Frights and Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast Facebook pages because getting something near a full night's sleep before heading into the theater in the morning or afternoon is far more important at this point in my life. I will add, and not to be egotistical, but after about three months at the theater, I was promoted to supervisor. That is when I decided that it would be best to leave the hotel, which I do miss, even with the many, many headaches that I had to deal with through issues I had absolutely no control over whatsoever. While I was always totally by myself at the hotel, so when an issue of Great Calamity arose, I would be forced to deal with it as best as I could, writing up or texting the manager and owner in the morning to try and explain myself. With the theater, I always have backup, like with the arcade. If I needed to help at Arcadia, it was just one phone call away. That and the friends I've already made at the theater have done so very much in these past few months to relieve the stress I was feeling. Which was another reason that helped me make the decision to leave the hotel after 26 years. Now, being full-time at the theater also sadly means that I had to say goodbye to the one day a week I was working at Arcadia. Shay was obviously just as disappointed as I was, but my health has already improved just for being off the night audit shift. And just earlier this week, I have received another promotion. I will be one of the managers now at another local theater. So, it would seem that the 26 years of customer service experience have been noticed, at least at the theater. Like I mentioned just a second ago, I'm not sharing that to make it sound like I've done something impressive. I'm sharing this to help explain why I have, after 12 years of blogging, writing, and even podcasting, decided it's time to retire. Much like with that quote from Bilbo Baggins at the beginning of this episode, I feel so very thin of late. Friends, I'm very tired. I've been attempting to entertain and share my personal nostalgic memories of so many things for 12 years now. Although, in all honesty, there was about a year where I found myself taking a respite from writing on The Retroist. As I shared in a previous Saturday Frights podcast, my wife was quite frankly feeling neglected. I was producing three to four podcasts a month and writing articles that averaged over 300 words a day. Upon my return, with my wife's blessing, I decided that it would be wise to concentrate on just one podcast a month. The effect of doing that, and the seven months I paused in producing podcasts, was the download numbers plummeted for the newly produced episodes, where originally I was seeing over a thousand downloads for Saturday Frights. Now I was getting maybe a hundred. Diary of an Arcade employee has always been the more popular of the podcasts and while it was never intended to be a commercial for Arcadia, I think fans of the arcade helped bolster the download numbers, generally around 5000 plus for an episode, which is staggering to say the least, but it also has to be understood that being part of the retroist site also greatly boosted those numbers. The Retroist has been around for a very long time, and let us all hope that the site will continue to grow in popularity. He was one of the first, and he taught me every single thing I know. I cannot thank the Retroist enough for guiding and teaching me, emphasizing the importance of always being honest with the reader and listener, never to be cynical. It was advice like that that allowed me to experience the joy of hearing from others who had similar experiences or emotional connections to a favorite movie or toy or video game, etc. Hey, it's a kind of magic. Well said, Connor. I mentioned those numbers on podcast downloads, by the way, just to point how things have changed. My retiring has nothing to do with those numbers. As the retros has said to me, it is better to have 100 loyal listeners than thousands who listen once and never return. And judging by some of the iTunes reviews on my podcast, there are many of you that have been gracious enough to share what my work and podcasts have meant to you. Even reaching out and chatting with me about not just my time on The Retroist, but the pop culture retrorama site too. And I am very, very grateful for that support. I never in a million years would have thought, when I started out, that my memories of playing the likes of the Atari VCS and the Nintendo with my grandmother would be printed in a celebrated book by author Brett Weiss, much less read by thousands of fellow video game aficionados, or that I would be reviewing DVDs and Blu-rays for Shout Factory, or that people would want to know my opinion on graphic novels or art books. To say nothing of the fact of being a guest on some incredible podcasts. And more importantly, making lasting friendships. Whether through the Retro Side or Pop Culture Retrorama, or the usual social media pages. Now, I have been thinking about retiring for a couple of months now. Even with the subject of the pop culture retorama site covering not just subjects from the past, but all matters of pop culture, I found the desire to share things was quickly dwindling. I don't think I was getting burned out. I truly don't. I was just getting tired. In fact, I cut back last year from two posts a day to just one, even taking a day off a week. It's hard to get noticed these days, even with multiple posts a day. You just can't compete against the likes of IO9 or the Nerdist, nor did I harbor any illusions that the Pop Culture Retroama site would do so. Not even with the fantastic articles from the likes of Allison Vinizio Preston, Brett Weiss, Earl Green, Rockford J. Ashley Thomas, IC Robots, Javier a- just Daniel13, Rob O'Hara, Gary Burton, and others. But we certainly did have some of our friends from the days of the Retroist follow us over and check out the page on a daily basis. So, the Pop Culture Retrorama site succeeded in what I intended it to be. A site where those of us from the Retroist, when it was forced to close briefly back in 2019, could continue to write daily and share our love of all things retro and... Pop culture related. And forgive me for this tangent, on the subject of how hard it is to get noticed these days, Facebook and its algorithms isn't helping matters. The key to getting folks to visit your site is aided by the sharing of article posts, etc. In the beginning, I'd get 20 to 30 people reacting to something that I shared on Facebook, with an additional 4 to 5 shares. That isn't just article posts, by the way. I'm talking about the daily posts on not just the Saturday Frights Facebook page, but the Diary, Projectionist, Haunted Drive-In, and even the Pop Culture Retrorama page, too. Now, maybe eight people react to something on my personal page on Facebook. It's almost like a stranglehold on trying to let people know that you wrote something they might like. I mean, close personal friends of mine aren't seeing things I've posted on the feed, which is especially jarring for those that have selected to see the diary page post first, for example. The same is sort of true with iTunes. It seems like the only thing that is being pushed of late is celebrity podcasts. And there are a lot of them. But to also be fair, there is so much quality content that is being released these days that it is kind of hard to stand out. Especially in the case of my podcast, where I would say it's not exactly professional. I mean, how is Saturday Frights going to stand up against the likes of Mick Garris' Mortem Podcast or the shows by Bloody Disgusting? There's also Josh Olson and Joe Dante's The Movies That Made Me, Best Movies Never Made, The Sci-Fi 5 Podcast, the Pie Factory podcast, the Atari 5200 Super Community podcast, Throwback Reviews, as well as the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, and all of the podcasts from Earl Green's TheLogbook.com, and of course, The Retroist, to name just a few. Of course, it probably hasn't helped matters that my writing style is, let us say, unique? (laughs) Let me put it another way. Most of my best friends, as well as none of my family, have ever read any of the 6,000 articles or Listen to a single episode of the over 300 podcasts I've produced in the past 12 years. What does that tell you about my writing skills? Now, I will most assuredly miss getting to write and share things with you all, but I think after 12 years, it's time for me to step away from the laptop, pack up the microphone, which I like to point out were generous gifts, the laptop from the arcade, and the microphone from the Retroist. This way I can catch up on not only the enormous stack of comic books I've collected over the past four years, but just relax and play video games again. Watch a movie or just read a book for the fun of it. I'm not sad about retiring, even though like I've already mentioned I will miss it. The only regret I harbor over these years of writing is that when the Retros site was briefly shuttered, I want to clarify this wasn't something the Retros wanted to do, but was forced. It was so sudden that everything that was ever written by those of the Retroist were snuffed out, just as if Thanos had used the power of the Infinity Gauntlet and snapped his fingers. I'm under no illusions that what I wrote during my time with the Retroist could be considered exceptional, but there were a handful of articles that I was proud of. An interview with the late and great Stuart Gordon of Reanimator fame, a review of 1985's To Live and Die in L.A. that director William Friedkin was impressed enough with that he pinned it on his personal Twitter page for a while. Or even the fact that I was able to share with thousands of readers the amazing feat that Shea Mathis pulled off by bringing the Arcadia retrocade to life, overcoming many an obstacle to create a living time capsule, in addition to being a thriving arcade in this day and age. Just like that... All of those articles were gone. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. When I finally made up my mind that it was time to retire, and in fact, I am shuddering the pop culture retrorama site itself. I had just finished reading Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' exceptional graphic novel, Pulp, which I cannot highly recommend enough. I certainly haven't lived as colorful a life as the protagonist of the graphic novel, but I am no spring chicken. And I can't help but think about what my legacy will be, much like Brewbaker's character of Max Winter. And while I felt that many of those articles from The Retroist could act as a legacy, I'm comforted that not only will the pop culture retrorama site articles remain thanks to being ported over to Earl Green's thelogbook.com. That way, my fellow pop culture retrorama colleagues can continue to write and have new articles posted. But it is the over 300 podcasts that will actually stand as my legacy, I believe. That's kind of an amazing feeling, knowing that perhaps youngsters, when doing some research on the past in the next couple of years, might stumble across one of my podcasts and give it a listen. And that really is all one could hope for, right? For the time being, I have no plans on shutting down any of my social media pages, either the Saturday Frights or Diary of an Arcade Employee Facebook page, Instagram, or Twitter. But you might notice I miss a couple of daily posts now and again because I'm focusing on work at the theater. I presume I will still contribute scripts now and again for Roddenberry Entertainment's The Sci-Fi 5 Podcast. I might even show up on the Retroist for specials in the near future too. So there you go, my friends. I hope that goes a long way as an explanation for my reasons for retiring. And hopefully it didn't come off as a rambling mess like my usual shows. I have so many people to thank for support over the years. Not just those individuals I've already mentioned who helped to make the pop culture retorama site a joy and something I am proud of. Naturally, my wife deserves the lion's share of praise for being so understanding of my late night writings and recording. But thanks also must be given to Peachy. Travis Falagant, Andy Pickle, Crit Anime, Philip Carey, Joey Young, William Culver, Lon Mills, Sean Johnson, Tony Longworth, Sean Robert, Nathan Hale, Jim Gobel, Charles Potomac, John Munkus, Beau Counts, David Miller, Catherine Desperia, Jer Buckman, Michael Aaron Frandy, Mark Dirksen, Adam Pang, Justin M. Salvato, Michael Suit, Tom Bay, Mark Strong, Jorge Baez, Clayton Slevens, Matt Lappy, Michael Dietrich, Robert Ferguson, Rick Hansen, Alan McClellan, Robert Chambers, Darren and Ruth Sutherland. The esteemed members of the Super Blog team-up, our loyal patrons from the Saturday Frights and the arcade addicts of the Diary of an Arcade Employee watch parties, Jeremy Bright, Brian Washington, and so many, many others friends. I hope I didn't butcher your last names too horribly. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener and reader, for making something that could be considered a hobby feeling like something far more important than I could have ever imagined. Thank you for your friendships and continued support. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to head home and start reading Grady Hendrix's new book, The Final Girl Support Group. Last one out. Remember to turn off the lights. The white, Big kill.